Callum Eilat, driver of the number 77 Hunkos Hollinger Racing Chevrolet, joins us. First off, thanks for coming on and kind of take me through your race in the Indy GP on Saturday. Started 24th, moved up to 18th. Was this just a, a tough day for tire strategy? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, first of all, yeah, the, the weekend was not an easy one. We struggled quite a bit with pace uh, and just trying to get off footing. And then, yeah, the race with tyre strategy kind of completely went against what we were perceiving before going into the race. And I think we were on the the worst side of, of the idea because of the perception before going into it. Uh, but we did our best and we moved forward, uh, which is the main thing, and got some, some clean points. So... Not an easy weekend, but, you know, onwards and upwards to the 500. You had a strong start to the season, a top five at St. Pete, ninth at Texas in the first oval race of the year. Going into the second oval race, obviously things way different from from the road course at IMS as far as the the style of driving and, and what's at play. But what's your confidence level going into May? You have a teammate this year. Uh, it, your team kind of has all the pieces put together. What's your confidence level like? Yeah, look, with with the amount of practice we get for the 500, it makes life quite a bit easier to get the car into a better window. Texas was very uh, quick off the marks. You know, you've got to be straight on it. And we did a great job at Texas and got that top 10. Uh, but going into IMS with more preparation, I think we can really get the car into what we call a better window and uh, make it work better for us. And again, to get a better result with the 500 would be would be a dream, um, and it's such a competitive race. Obviously, everyone is preparing their cars the same way, uh, but you need to be on top of it. Callum, do you have a new chassis just for the 500 this year? Yes, uh, normally that's the case. We prepare a separate chassis for for the 500, where you basically fit all the trimmings of the body to to a better a better fit. And it's more aerodynamic. Of course, sometimes, you know, people have issues and they don't end up using it. Some actually just take their normal oval car because it's already got that kind of good fit to it. Uh, but yeah, we have an extra, extra chassis for that. What's been the, the biggest change for you in year two in IndyCar? Uh, having a teammate uh, going from a single car operation to now a, a multi-car team. Um, oh, quite a bit. I mean, obviously, personnel-wise, we increased 50%, so that's quite a big jump for us. Uh, lots of new faces, new ideas, uh, so that's always a benefit. Um, then then on my side, just being able to have an extra set of data, an extra, extra person to validate the setup changes that we're doing and things to throw ideas um, back and forth between each other. Uh, so, yeah, it's just growing the team and, and building off of where we were last year. So in some ways, you know, it's it's very positive. In some ways, it was quite difficult to find the personnel across the winter. So it was a bit on the limit at some points. Uh, but we've we've done a great job and got some great results so far. You brought up one of the challenges we've seen in IndyCar in recent years as the grid has expanded to more and more full-time entries, now up to, to 27. We could even get even more next year finding the right crew. And, you know, as a driver... How do you kind of approach, you know, changing faces around the, the people you work with? Obviously, you want consistency in everything, and kind of how do you you deal with that? Yeah, of course. Like uh, from from my point of view, we had the uh, the crew from last year, and obviously some some had to be shared. But from my point, it was quite important to have the the main characters that I was working with last year continue on, um, and we can build around that. At least the foundations are there on my side. Uh, but 
you know, it, yeah, like you said, it's not easy. Of course, there there has been a growth within IMSA and GTP as well, uh, which doesn't doesn't make life easy because the personnel go over there, and the bigger teams end up, should we say, hoarding some people as well, and that makes life quite difficult. Uh, but we 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 manage, we get the best out of it as possible, and also it, it's quite good to encourage younger engineers, younger mechanics to come in and give them the opportunities that they may not have got before. What's the biggest thing kind of you've noticed being a multi-car team, you know, compared to a single entry going into this year, obviously a lot more data and just having a teammate, but as far as the competitiveness and the ability to make adjustments during race weekends, you know, leading up to a race and practice sessions and try different things, is that been helpful or, or has it been kind of an adjustment just having, you know, the, some of the attention taken away from you as a driver? Uh, no, no attention has been taken away. It's just, it, it's, it's interesting how you manage it. So yes, in one way it's been an adjustment, but at the same time, it's also very helpful. You've got to understand as drivers what you need from the car and what you want. So obviously me and Augustine are quite similar uh, in driving style, but we do, we do like different things. Um, but along the same line. So it's about knowing and expecting what he's going to want and what I'm going to want and then uh, being able to adapt adapt the car. But that takes a couple of races to understand. Um, and that's never easy to do and takes time. Uh, but we, we, we've, I think we're finally sort of, after Barber got the idea of which way we both want to go, um, and we can preempt that and predict it, and that way there's no confusion anymore. So, yes, it's, it is positive. It is good to be able to both do the same changes and validate it or do separate changes and be able to throw the ideas off and go to the better direction. And, you know, that works really well. Last year, you were a rookie, your first 500. You started mid-pack um, in the race, ended up finishing 32nd. But just to be able to compete and be part of that event, going into it, obviously, you're, you're pretty wide-eyed. Now in year two, you just feel a lot more comfortable with how everything's going to go leading up to the green flag for the race? Yeah, well, I mean, being a single car entry last year, we did a great job to, I think, qualify 17th, so about mid-pack. Um, and in the race, unfortunately, had a big crash. Uh, you live and learn. At some point, it's going to happen. And uh, luckily, I kind of got away with it with just, just a broken hand. That was it. Uh, but, but a big one for me, probably the biggest in my career. Uh, but yeah, going into this year, you, you just know what to expect more, what to, how to prepare better with the car and yourself. And that makes life so much easier and so much more relaxed. Of course, there's, it's still a, a giant race for us and so much preparation goes into it, but you can just preempt that better and prepare it better. Callum, when you look at racing on oval, something that was new to you coming into IndyCar. How do you feel about them now, you know, a full season into it and having competed at Texas earlier this year? I, I, I feel much better. I mean, I remember going to Texas last year, being my first oval, and, and I, I just went into it going, I don't know what to expect, so I'm just going to go for it and see. Uh, and, yeah, it was, it was so unnatural in a lot of ways. Of course, you know, it's still a car, but but the the behavior of the race and the behavior of the the driving is, is was just so much different to to what I knew and what I was used to. Um, but coming into it this year, it just felt so much more natural. I was able to capitalize on areas that I started to get good at, at the end of last year, 
Um, but I still think, obviously, there's there's room to improve. There's room to work forwards. Uh, and as a team, we need to improve with the car as well. So going into the 500 this year, I think my mind will already be so much better and so much more focused in the right areas. Was there one particular area that you learned last year, now going into this year, that you're really going to try to focus on in the race? In it, well, before the race, I really want to dial in our car in warmer temperatures and hotter temperatures because that was where, when it came to the race, it was so much hotter that we didn't have the car in the right window. And on ovals, when, when the track temperature and the air temperature gets warmer, the the car balance changes a lot. And we didn't predict that. We didn't preempt that as much as I would have liked to. Uh, and that, that cost us in the end. Um, so that's the area I'm going to focus on pre-race. Then during the race, it's about setting up the moves, uh, being calm when necessary. It, it, yeah, there, there's so much to it. It's hard to put into words, but um, just 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 being in, in in the right place at the right time and not overdoing. Because the Indy 500 is unlike any other race on the schedule. It's one of the longer races. Obviously, it's the the biggest race in terms of prestige, band attendance. How do you lock yourself in right before with all the, the pre-race pageantry and, and then you go into turn one the first time and it's packed grandstands instead of empty bleachers like during practice days? How do you kind of set yourself in and get locked in for the start? I think it automatically does that for you. You know, having all those people, even the minute silence and that, it just it, it just puts you in the right frame of mind. It's it's uh, It's weird to say, but... You're just concentrated, ready to go. Um, and I think because it's such a big race, there's so much power behind it that it's so easy to get into this this concentrated state of focus. Um, and then, yeah, once once you're in the car, you know, kind of that, that, uh, that focus becomes what you ever normally do, which is you get in the car and you drive and you're, you're, you're focused on what you need to do, which is the start, the car ahead, the white line on the inside. And yeah, you just get going from there. What was the biggest surprise for you off track on race day last year? Was it the, the aerial bombs going off at six or 7 AM? Yeah, probably that was, that was the one. Um, they're quite loud from, from your little RV in the, in the middle of the track. So yeah, that, that would be it. And then, just as I got back to sleep, uh, I had a marching band come come outside our RV, walk past. Actually, seven marching bands, so that took a while. You never know what you're going to get, right? <laughs> Aerial exactly. bombs, marching band. <laughs> There's a lot going on that day, for sure. You've had experience in Formula One as a test driver in, in previous years. Now you've come over to IndyCart. Now that you've been over in the States, is this kind of feel more like home? Or do you feel like you're you're kind of finding your niche here in motorsport? Yeah, I'm very settled in now. I enjoy it a lot. Um, it's welcomed me, and you know, I, I've I've got I've got on well with it. It's it's had its ups and downs, of course. Uh, but yeah, I, I came from living in Italy with Ferrari on the Formula One side for four years to jumping over here, getting settled in, and yeah, I found it I found it very easy so far. And the American racing is great, it's very competitive, but it's just it's just easy going, and everyone has a good atmosphere. Yeah, you mentioned that easygoing. Was that a, a big adjustment for you coming from Europe where it seems very cutthroat, where here in America people get along and are, are friendly in the paddock? Yeah, it's, it just, it, again, it just makes the environment and your life just easier, you know, and, and a bit, bit of a nice uh, progression through it. 
Um, and you know, after the race or whatever, you can just sit down and chill, chill with everyone and discuss the issues instead of having to hide them. So, no, it, it's great. I love it here, and uh, I think we all have a great time. Do you have like a, a bucket list living over here in America as far as things you want to do and things you want to see? And, and how is that going about to crossing those things off? Uh, I haven't really, I haven't got a set in stone um, bucket list, but I'd like to go and see some of the national parks. So drive across the country in an RV and kind of go and see those. Um, otherwise, it's just exploring a little bit more. And I'll, I'll probably slowly do that over the years that I'll be out here. Away from the track, you like to do some outdoor activities, swimming, climbing. Um, what's what's kind of the coolest thing you've been able to climb here in the States? I, I have actually not done any climbing since I've been in the States. Uh, it's been it's been a bit on hold because we've been so busy during the season. And then uh, in the off-season, I took the opportunity to go uh, back to Europe. So I haven't, I haven't really done too much. Um, I did get to go surfing once in LA, which was quite nice. So I don't get to do that really in England. So um, that was a nice opportunity for me. But otherwise, yeah, the outdoors here is great. Uh, we've got some smaller, smaller parks in Indianapolis, but it's nice to go cycling and walking about. And is there any American sport you've really taken a, a liking to? No, so these are quite slow for me to get into, but I am slowly watching more and more NFL um, I'm struggling to get into basketball, although I do like it. I'm just, I'm, I'm just very slow to take to it. Uh, I've been to, uh, I think two Cubs baseball games, uh, in, in my time. So I'm getting there. Do you have a favorite, uh, team in any of the sports that you kind of latched onto? Not yet. Not yet. I mean, the Colts obviously is, is, is the hometown favorite, but I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see as I learn more. Callum Eilat, driver of the number 77 Hunkos Hollinger Chevrolet, joining us. Callum, good luck here as practice starts this week and qualifying this weekend, and good luck the rest of the month of May. Thank you very much. Have a great time. We'd love for you to interact with us. You can find us on the podcast at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for our email list. We'll give you weekly emails, or in this case, bi-weekly emails for new episodes. Also, you'll never miss any special announcements, and it's all for free to sign up and subscribe. Plus, on the website, you can check out the store. We have t-shirts and stickers for sale. You can support us on Patreon. Thanks to Xavier, Rob, Stitch, and others for their support. It all starts for just as little as $1 a month, patreon.com slash new track record. You can also follow us on your favorite social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is IndyCar Podcast on Facebook. Just search us, search for New Track Record. And you can email us, NewTrackRecordPodcast at gmail.com. That wraps up a special edition of New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.